coming. You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 70 of the Talk Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Episode 70. Man, when I say these things, it's like, man, I've been doing this for that long. We got a lot of things to hop into, ladies and gentlemen. We got mailbag questions for the first time asked on Twitter. I'm going to hop into that. We got a lot of topics, a bunch of topics. So stay tuned for that. It is a packed show. So you can find me, linktr.ee slash 2 pod. That's where you can find all my listings for this show, where I'm at, iTunes, YouTube, Periscope. The list goes on and on and on. Link tr.ee slash two sweet pot so we are gonna hop right into the mailbag questions we got best thing funniest thing after that and number one spot after that we're gonna hop into the questions right now first time answering questions we got four questions on the docket this week the first came from the broadcast podcast I love that broadcast. I have a brother myself. All we do is talk about wrestling. So I love that at the broadcast. They ask, what is or has been your favorite wrestling championship of all time? That is an easy one. The big gold belt, baby. My favorite wrestling company of all time. My favorite championship of all time because it is so prestigious. It is so prestigious looking. The most prestigious looking title of all time. The big gold belt. I love it, baby. Next up, we had Royally Rumble. Check out their Twitter account. They have nice brackets where they have the best move or they talk about the best entrances of all time. They set it up like an NCAA style tournament. They asked, are you you gearing up for Goldberg versus Undertaker twice in a lifetime? No, sir, Bob. I'm not gearing up for that. I'm actually about to talk about that later in this podcast. No, I don't want any parts of that at all. No Goldberg Undertaker. I cannot do it. Next up, we have Watch Along Wrestling. Uh, They have a great Twitter account, great uh, podcast store. They do Watch Alongs. They just did a New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion Watch Along on YouTube. Check them out. They asked, if you could too sweet anyone in wrestling, who would it be? That is easy for me. It would be the phenomenal AJ Styles. If you know anything about me, I don't really have favorites currently in wrestling. About the closest thing of a favorite that I have currently in wrestling is AJ Styles. I love that guy. Respect that guy. and I would too sweet him. The last question of the day comes from the Geek Solid Podcast. I find him out on Twitter as well at Geek Solid Radio. This was the odd question of the week. I did say any question. He asks, who does the crown prince of Saudi Arabia throw countless millions of to Hulk Hogan to wrestle? An urn containing the ashes of Randy Savage or an urn containing the ashes of Ultimate Warrior? Whoa, that was an out-of-the-box question, but I think I'm going to go with Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah. The Macho Man could get a great match out of anybody. So I am going to go with the Macho Man on that one. And we are going to move on to Best Thing for this thing. Thank you guys for your questions. Feel free to ask next week. I'm going to do this again. Best Thing for this thing of the week. Best Thing. New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion. I had a good time watching this. 
I sit down and I avoid spoilers all day Sunday just so I can sit down and I sit down and I watched it like a Sunday evening pay-per-view like this was this was great viewing for me I sat down at six o'clock watched it and it went for about until 11 o'clock or so great action up and down the car uh, most of the matches delivered had its down moments here and there but for the most part very up and kept me up and Adam I love the timing as well with the pay-per-views I match after match after match no really playing in between it was a phenomenal so I'm gonna get into what the match that I like the most later on uh, the funniest thing of the week I'm gonna go with the elevator segment with the 24-7 title this was great man it was the best thing about Monday Night Raw uh, it was phenomenal. Gave guys that that had that needed some time to talk, like AC3, gave him time to talk. I highlighted how funny our truth was, and of course, our truth escapes. Great stuff there. Moving on to number one spot. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, this is the number one spot. We talk about the number one things inside and outside of wrestling. Today, we got the number one match, the number one botch, and the number one challenge of. The week number one match, Naito and Abushi, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat here. I'm gonna say a tie between Naito and Abushi and Dragon Lee versus Will Ospreay. Two phenomenal matches at New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion. Naito scared the crap out of me. He did that German suplex on the apron to Abushi. I thought he killed the dude. Like, let's not do that again. That was not a good idea. That was a phenomenal match. Naito retains his championship. Dragon Lee versus Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay picks up the victory. Gets the junior heavyweight title. That was a phenomenal match. It's one of the better uh, matches of the year. Bit too many kickouts for my taste, but a phenomenal match nonetheless. Number one match of the week, Bailey and Lacey Evans. This was much talked about on Twitter. In a post-raw dark match, uh, Bailey comes down, makes the save for Becky Lynch. Lacey Evans is putting down the beatdown, and Bailey goes for the Bailey to belly, and uh, Lacey Evans just sandbagged her. Like, everybody was looking at that like, eh, okay. Even Matt Riddle has some things to say. I'm about to get to him later, but that was number one box of the week. That was totally Lacey Evans' fault. Number one challenge of the week, the Gorillas of Destiny. Ain't nobody really than Gorilla. They set out a challenge after picking up a win at New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion 2. The Usos and the Revival. They set out that challenge and that was pretty interesting. Even the Usos responded. Everybody want this work. Huh? Scott Dawson responded. You know where we are FTR. So that would be a phenomenal matchup. Obviously, we're not going to see a New Japan and Pro, New Japan Pro Wrestling WWE not working together. But it would be too phenomenal match up so we are going to get into the topics of the week ladies and gentlemen and we're going to do this quickly i got a lot of topics and we're just gonna get in the style to where we're gonna keep it moving something new i'm gonna do this week a lot of topics we're gonna keep it moving go keep it sharp and go keep it moving so we're gonna try it out this week velveteen dream oh my goodness my brother be careful what you wish for man he had some things to say and I'm going to get into it right now. I have some things to say about Vince McMahon. He said, let's play a game on Instagram. He said, let's play a game. Is it fair to critique Vince McMahon? I mean, after all, WWE is a form of entertainment. You do know WWE is a TV show. WWE is a TV show put on cable. Okay, Dream, we know that. And he would go on to say that, you know what, point is... When TV sucks, it's because the actors and entertainers and stuntmen fail to entertain you. Vince can write all day. It's your favorites that have to make it entertaining. Okay, Velveteen Dream. Like, I'm just saying. 
brother. Keep that same energy when you get caught up. Now, Velveteen Dream is just living his best life in NXT. Triple H is running things. And obviously, Triple H is keeping it at, at a sporting aspect. And that's why NXT is so great. Velveteen Dream is saying all this without the benefit of being caught up. And once he gets caught up, this is the person I worry about the most actually in NXT. To be honest with you, when I first saw the character of Velveteen Dream, I didn't like it because I've said, oh man, they putting another brother in a stereotypical character. But the dude made it work and it has been phenomenal. And now I've outgrown to the fact of liking the dude and being worried of when he gets caught up, they're not going to know what to do with him. And... When he gets to, look, I wish the best for the dude when he gets caught up. Maybe he defies the odds and just has a phenomenal career. Maybe they use him greatly on WWE. I really hope that. But if they don't, if it goes the route that I think it will go, Velveteen Dream better not have no excuses. He better not complain. He better not pull a John Moxley and start talking about how things suck backstage because we're all... And by we, I mean all of us in the wrestling community are going to point back to this and say, look, dude, you said this while in NXT. You can't have the right to complain now. Yeah, obviously, if it's not working out for you, it's your fault because you said that. So I wish the best for the guy, but he is digging a deep grave with these comments. Moving on, Matt Riddle. Oh, man, Matt Riddle kind of gave me a headache. Uh, what, what was it? Last Friday? Last Friday. Uh, on WWE Super Showdown. He was on Goldberg's case all day and all night long. You know, Goldberg and Undertaker, they had a, such an underwhelming... Well, I'm not going to even say underwhelming match. The guys are over 50 years old. You can only expect but so much for the guys. So I'm not going to even call it an underwhelming match because if you make them go that long, that's the kind of match you're going to get out of two 50-year-old guys. But... Matt Riddle was all over Goldberg's case, talking about how he sucked. And Matt Riddle has this thing against Goldberg because Goldberg blocked him. So what? I'm going to get into that as well. But he took joy in clowning Goldberg after the match. Talking about how his arm bar sucked and whatever. And I'm just sitting there like, bruh, let it go. Yeah, I know he has this thing against Goldberg. He blocked him on Twitter. Let it go. People get blocked on Twitter every day. Just let it go, man. And at this point, you're talking about a 50-year-old guy. Like, dude, go, of course Goldberg is not going to be what he once was. He was never a catch-as-catch-can wrestler, but he was always decent enough to um, get a, to have a you know decent enough match. So long as it's not some 20-minute match. But as it stands now, his game was all about strength and power. And Goldberg is over 50 years old, man. He's not as powerful as he used to be. And... The thing I take exception to, and Matt Riddle would go on, he would keep he kept it going. At, when I was talking about that Lacey Evans, I Bailey about to say, well, Lacey Evans must have been watching Super Showdown. Like, let it go, dude. Here's the thing. And here's the thing that got me as well. Matt Riddle went on to say that. But, you know, Undertaker, he's a legend. You know, I guess Matt Riddle started to think that, okay, let me stop this. Let me say something positive about the Undertaker before my behind is grass. He let Undertaker completely off the hook. And I see a, a few people letting Undertaker off the hook. And I'm going to get to this later as well. Like, it wasn't all Goldberg's fault, man. Undertaker looked bad out there, too. And Matt Riddle is pointing, uh, painting this out to be all Goldberg's fault, to which I'm just sitting there saying, bro, the dude is over 50 years old. He was the one that got concussed when Undertaker dropped him on his head. And then naturally, the match went awry. So, it was both 
of Goldberg's Undertaker's fault in that match. Obviously, I'm not gonna even say just their fault. It was the person that decided to have them have a longer match. Like, to have that go three or four or five minutes and have a success, Matt Riddle needs to let it go. So, moving on, we're gonna get to the 24-7 title. I told you we was gonna keep it moving in this podcast. We got a lot of topics. And I gotta say, initially, it was a it was a dumpster fire. It was a failure because it wasn't well thought out initially. Like at the at the beginning, you, they they built the title. It was ugly looking. It still is ugly, but it wasn't very entertaining in the beginning. Like they just had people just running backstage with no kind of purpose or anything to it. When they first they built it, it wasn't even a match. It was who could grab the title first. So we're not going to look over that, but I got to say, within the last week, within the last couple of weeks, they've done a good job. It has been fairly entertaining. I talked about the elevated segment. That was entertaining. Even going back to uh, when R-Troop was on a golf course and Jinder Mahal comes out of nowhere in his trunks on the golf course, gets the pin, and then R-Troop gets the pin, and he runs off of Carmella in a golf cart. That was hilarious. It, it has been funny. Uh, the plane, when they were on the plane, that was funny. And they had a real, they had a real opportunity to make this thing really funny, really entertaining, and they I got to give them credit. I don't get the chance to do this for WWE a lot, so I'm going to take this chance to do it. I'm going to give them ovation. It has been entertaining television with good segments, and they have the right guy's champion. It's like, it goes back to the old motto, the champion has to have a sustained run to bring credibility to the title. Obviously, R2 hasn't had a sustained run, but he has, at the end of the day, always picked back up the title. So, he has pretty much been the champion for this entire time, and because the dude is so funny, and because the aspect of the 24-7 title thing, uh, title fields or interactions are supposed to be funny it makes the entire division funny because r-truth is the champion and he's in nearly every segment so they have done a great job r-truth has done a great job lately and i have totally enjoyed it good job wwe good job so we move on to the undertaker and if you know anything about me you know sting is my favorite wrestler and Undertaker is number two, man. So what I'm about to say is about to really hurt. But it's time. And it's time for Taker to hang him up, bruh. I watched that, that Super Showdown match with Goldberg and Taker. And I watched how it went awry. And like it was the saddest last minute of a match that I could ever remember. To watch one of my favorites, Undertaker, just... He just doesn't look like himself, man. Uh, Goldberg doesn't look like himself. I even like Goldberg, man, because he, he represented with the everything that was right about WCW at one time. Like, he was great at one time, man. Taker is at the point where I've always felt that you should let a wrestler go out on his or her own shield. They should have the right to say that, you know what, I'm done. But it doesn't seem like Undertaker... I always thought he would be the person to just walk away. Like, when he didn't have it anymore, I always thought that, you know what, Untucker's just going to walk away. And it doesn't seem like he's ready to do that. And at this point, I think 
Vince McMahon has to step in. I know he doesn't want to do that. I know nobody wants to tell The Undertaker that. But it's kind of like Dana White. And he tells these fighters that, you know what, it's time. He told Chuck Liddell that, you know what, it's time to retire, man. And Vince McMahon has to have this hard conversation with The Undertaker. He has to tell him it's time, bro. You have to stop booking him in these big matches. I understand. I love it when The Undertaker shows up. Because it gives it, it brings me back to my childhood when The Undertaker shows up. I hear that gong and the lights go out and the fans go crazy. I understand it is phenomenal, man. But... Here we, at, here we are at a standpoint to where it is very much time for Undertaker to retire. I feel like Undertaker has been trying to avenge that Roman Reigns match for like years now. He had that big Roman Reigns match that was supposed to be it or whatever. And it flopped. It was a bad match. Whether you want to blame that on Undertaker, whether you want to blame that on Roman or whatever. You, you pick your choice, but it was a bad match. I feel like he's been trying to avenge that ever since. And I thought he did a pretty decent job of that. When he faced off against John Cena at the next WrestleMania, even though I didn't like it was a squash, Undertaker looked really good. And like when he finished that match, I was like, okay, I can see the Undertaker going out like that. But he has kept going on and on and on. And I think it, I, I don't think anymore. I know it's time for the guy to retire. I'm not trying to just retire the guy like that, but it hurts to see the guy uh, less than what he was. So moving on, Raw and SmackDown, man. Like, it is not must-see anymore, man. Like, I watched Raw and SmackDown, and it was it used to be just Raw. I would watch, and I'd be like, oh, man, let me look at my phone. Let me do whatever it is I'm doing. Let me scroll Twitter, talk to my fellow podcasters, or my fellow wrestling fans. Now, it's SmackDown, too. Like, there's nothing at Apparently wrong with SmackDown. I saw the Shane McMahon. I'm about to get into that. But like I watch it and I'm like, uh, I'm not really missing anything here. Like I can watch, I can miss our Raw and SmackDown and feel like, you know what? I can catch the recaps and I can be caught up. And you know what? I pretty much know how the show went. I, I feel like I don't have to watch Raw and SmackDown. If I was just a fan, if I didn't have a podcast, if I didn't talk about this any uh, every week, I feel like I do not have. I'm not at the point to where I feel like I have to watch it. Uh, uh, to to the point to where I, I can't just watch the recaps or read the recaps and feel like you know what I missed something. And it wasn't always like that with wrestling. Going back to the Monday Night Wars, like I remember that was at a similar to where. You couldn't miss any week. I'm not here to say that it was perfect, but what it was was must-see TV. You couldn't go back and read a recap about how Sting dropped down from the ceiling about, or about how somebody joined the NWO or about how Stone Cold did this. He came out in a beer truck. You couldn't go back and read that recap. You had to watch it every week. And I feel like here's the thing with WWE, man. Obviously, it's never going to be like the Monday Night Wars or whatever, but... Here's the thing, they have the roster, and I've been saying this for quite some time, they have one of, if not the best roster in the world. If they made it a sporting aspect, if they focused more on the sporting aspect of wrestling, and they had simple storylines, that would make it must-see every single week. Raw, SmackDown, it would be must-see. Raw, if they have the athletes, they have the horses to just say, you know what, fellas, ladies, go in the ring and put out a show. That's all they have to do. But it seems like they just do not want to do that. 
And I don't want to bring the Triple H and Vince aspect into it, but I really believe that if Triple H was running things, it would be like that. They would focus on the sporting aspect and Raw would be must-see every week. But as it stands right now, it is just not must-see television. I hope things get better. I watch every week. I know people say, well, why do you watch every week? Partly because I do a podcast, but part also because I have a love for wrestling. I have a love for WWE. I want to see them be great. And you know what? I always sit here and I wait for them to be great. And it just hasn't happened yet. We'll see. As uh, as time rolls on, if Ron SmackDown becomes must see every week again. So moving on, gonna keep it moving. Let's move on to Shane McMahon, bro. In the immortal word of Kenan Thompson, why, why are we doing this, man? Shane McMahon has beaten the Miz three times in a row, if I'm not mistaken. One on the recent episode of SmackDown, he beat Roman Reigns. At WWE Super Showdown, to which if I might go on a sidebar here, if Shane McMahon beats Roman at Super Showdown and Drew McIntyre goes on to lose at WWE Stomping Grounds, I'm gonna be so upset. Like that's that would make no sense whatsoever. But moving it back to Shane McMahon, bro, why is he getting so much TV time? Like I look at the SmackDown Women's Division and I'm like, it is stacked. But we don't get the chance to see all of the division. And I'm not just blaming just Shane McMahon. But he is taking up a lot of TV time that could be going to the ladies of that stacked division. That's just my opinion. We should be having two our SmackDown women's feuds going on every time. That's what it used to be with SmackDown. They'd have two different feuds uh, for the ladies going on. That was, that was very important. But it's not so much like that anymore. Uh, when it comes to Shane McMahon, man... At this point, why not make him the number one contender? You might as well. Like, he's beaten the Miz three times. He's beaten Roman Reigns. The next the next stop should be Kofi Kingston. Like, and that's such a shame to say because we have so many talented, like I said, arguably the best roster in all of the world. And SmackDown has a lot of horses that could be going up against a guy like Kofi Kingston right about now. And it seems like, or printed guys that could be getting television time right now. And it seems like Shane is a top priority. And I'm just sitting there like, a top priority for what? What are we doing here? Why are we doing this? Like, it seems like nobody's back there asking the important questions or some people are just afraid to ask the important questions because I can't be a talented wrestler on the roster, one of the best in the world, and have Shane McMahon taking up TV time for more, for more deserving wrestlers and a guy that should be backstage, not even a part of the show, should just be backstage. He's taking up all the time and I'm just sitting there like, why? Why are we doing this? I'm getting a headache. At this point, like I said, might as well make him the number one contender. Shane freaking McMahon. So we're going to keep it moving. So the last topic of the day, Stephanie McMahon, I seen quite the report when I woke up this morning, as it would turn out, Stephanie McMahon held a pep talk for the NXT superstars uh, on the most recent, uh, this most recent tapings from NXT, uh, pretty much a pep talk for them not to leave the company. This comes from ringside news. 
I'm not going to read you the full quote. This comes from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. The transcript comes from Ringside News. But I'm not going to read you the full quote. I'm just going to summarize it up for you. Uh, pretty much, they say that they are trying to convince people not to leave with the idea that your career is over when you leave. They did this to guys like Cody before, Cody Rhodes before. And most of the guys were believing it then, but now none of them are believing it anymore. And the guys who are leaving are all happier that they're gone. So now it is exposed. So looking at this man, now it seems like WWE is trying to get to these guys before they get caught up. Now it's like, you know what? People are leaving. Let's let's try to get to them in NXT while they aren't making a whole lot of money. And let's get into their heads and tell them, you know what? Yeah, once you get caught up, your, your, all your dreams are going to get uh, be true and all that good stuff. It seems like they're trying to get to them before they leave NXT. That's just my read on the situation. I could be wrong about that. But as it stands right now, WWE is pretty much acknowledging. And this is just a reported story. So, you know what? It's a report. Could be true. Couldn't be true. But I'm just here to react to it. WWE has seemed to acknowledge that they have a problem. And it's not a big problem. I'll be the first to tell you. But it could be. Not a big problem at, at the moment. People are leaving. And WWE is not in trouble. I'm not going to be the guy to say that. I'm not going to be the one to come on in here and say WWE is being in trouble. They're going to go down. I'm not that type of guy to say that because I know better. But they do have a problem with big names saying, you know what? I just want out. When John Moxley says, you know what? I don't want all that money. I just want out. I just want my freedom. I can go make big money elsewhere and have creative freedom. WWE has a big problem on its hands. Because we can look at this years down the line and it will probably be a huge problem years down the line if more people, more big names are leaving and if an AEW really comes up in stature, that would be a huge problem years upon years down the line. But here's the deal, man. Nothing is going to get better until they fix their infrastructure. And by infrastructure, I mean their creative process you have to let the writers write man let them do their jobs everything can and i know this is gonna fall pretty much on deaf ears and it is it, not gonna happen anyways if if they were to, to hear this vince mcmahon is gonna win is gonna be in that creative uh chair for forever you can't have everything go through vince mcmahon and the only person that can change that is Vince McMahon. I don't see it happening, unfortunately. Can't have these writers writing all these storylines. And then an hour before the show, their ideas get thrown right out of the window because Vince McMahon has rewritten every single thing. Their creative process sucks. I totally agree with John Moxley on this when he said, if there's anything I want to prove, I would AEW to WWE. I want to prove to them that their creative process sucks. And it does for the most part. Obviously, WWE has their hits. Uh, when we look at things, Kofi Kingston uh, hit that storyline for the most part. There were some things I didn't like about it. But for the most part, it was a hit. Every now and again, they do some great things. So I'm not going to say everything that they do is bad for the most. But for the most part, 
there are a lot of things that I can point out and say, man, this could be so much better if it were just simple, if they focused more on the sporting aspect of wrestling, like I mentioned earlier. So as it pertains to Stephanie, man, this is real interesting because these pep talks are reported pep talks wasn't going on like a year ago or two years ago. They weren't having this, but they realize now that they have at the moment a small problem that could turn into a huge problem so that is it for episode 70 of the two sweet podcast let me know your thoughts whether it's on twitter at omgcorby or at the number two sweet pod that's the number two sweet pod let me know all your thoughts on all of these topics whether it be velveteen dream Undertaker 24-7 rule Anything that I talked about Let me know your thoughts I will respond Also feel free to follow me On Twitter I am out